Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Into the Huddle podcast. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm JW. And today we are joined by a very special guest. It is our executive producer, Dr. Abramson. Thank you for being on the show. Excited to have you here. And today we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. It's this week. The Chiefs are playing the Eagles. Very exciting. The big headlines going into this game are the two quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, obviously coming off the injury he sustained in the divisional round. Jalen Hurts also playing kind of injured throughout the playoffs. We're going to delve into what we think, how we think they're going to play, who we think is going to win, and much, much more. But first, let's turn it over to you, Dr. Abramson. Who do you trust more in this game between Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts? And just give us your general thoughts on what you think is going to come down in First this game. First of all, Rodrigo, it is an honor and a privilege to be joining you, gentlemen. I am a Long-time listener, first-time caller, in this case, I guess a first-time guest. So I've been thinking about this matchup now for, we we had the championship games uh, nine days ago. If I were a Philadelphia fan, the thing that would scare me most about this game, stepping outside of this season, which we can kind of break down, is the fact that Patrick Mahomes, who has won one regular season MVP and is probably going to win a second shortly, has never truly played a great game in the Super Bowl. He wasn't that good against the 49ers in 2020. They kind of came on in the fourth quarter, and he had basically no offensive line the second time he made the Super Bowl the following year in 2021 and was running for his life. Patrick Mahomes, if we're to break down his career arc right now, how many times in any given time between 2018 and now has he had any three-game sample size where he has been either average or decent or bad? To me, never. All right, so Rodrigo answers the rhetorical question there. Never, right? Uh, Which is, to me, says, I think Patrick Mahomes could be sitting on one of the best Super Bowl performances in history for a quarterback. That would be what would scare me as a Philadelphia fan. I trust him more. That is not a slight to Jalen Hurts. I do think that you guys alluded to this in past episodes. I do think Philadelphia was able to get by in those two home games not depending a ton on Jalen Hurts. It is possible they could get away as good as their roster is. It's possible they can get away with that in the Super Bowl. But my sense is, and I think at least one of you would agree, the Chiefs are going to put him in a position, right? Steve Spagnuolo, defense coordinator of the Chiefs, will put the Eagles in a position where Jalen Hurts has to make throws to win the games on third down. Mm -hmm. I would trust Mahomes. I think for when you talk about you think Mahomes is going to have a legendary performance, I certainly think that's possible because he is Patrick Mahomes. He's on track to be one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and he's had a phenomenal start to his career. But if you look at this Chiefs offense, you mentioned two two Super Bowls ago against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where Mahomes really had nothing going on offense. And I think you could see something very similar in this game because there are a lot of injuries to the receivers. We saw late in the Bengals game, Juju Smith-Schuster got hurt. Nico Harmon, I believe, is not going to play in this game. And really, I think all the Eagles should focus on is stopping Travis Kelsey. And with that great defense that they have, if they're able to shut down Travis Kelsey, limit his targets, especially on third down and in the red zone, I don't really see anyone else who Mahomes can really throw to. So that's what I would say in terms of that legendary performance. But if anyone can overcome that, it's definitely Mahomes. I mean, I'd say, you know, every team goes into the games against the Chiefs trying to get rid of Travis Kelsey this season. And they went 14-3 and in the past. It was 
Kelsey and Hill. And I mean, teams had an even worse time. I just have not seen a team yet that's been able to shut down Travis Kelsey or any of the other weapons on the Kansas City Chiefs because Mahomes is so great and is still able to get him the ball. And so I don't see how the Philadelphia defense is going to fare when every defense in the NFL has tried to do that and failed. Another factor to consider is that Mahomes is still injured. So I don't know how his mobility is going to be in that game. Certainly against the Bengals, he was able to somewhat move around, for example, on that late third down conversion to set up the field goal. But he was certainly not at 100%. And I don't think he's going to be at 100% in this game. So that's something to look forward to. As far as Jalen Hurts, Dr. Emerson, you talked about how you think the Chiefs are really going to focus on forcing him to make big throws and really putting it putting it on him to win that game. Jacob, do you think he can live up to – do you think he can play well? Do you think he can face the pressure and per- perform? You know, I think way? it's going to be uh, certainly tougher than the Giants playoff game that he played. But, you know, I think it will still be tougher than the 49ers game just because, uh, you know, while the 49ers have a great defense, I mean, he really didn't have a lot of pressure – uh, just from the score standpoint of that game, the 49ers, you know, offense wasn't moving the ball at all. So I think when the Chiefs, you know, in tight situations, they're going to be able to dial up more blitzes, uh, you know, and then on, uh, you know, third and longs, be able to keep them in the pocket and force them to make throws deep downfield. Yeah, I mean, I think the key for the Chiefs this game, beyond just forcing Jalen Hurts to make big throws, is going to be just having to stop the Eagles run game, which is one of the best in the league, because if the Eagles can just run the ball over and over again, they don't need Jalen Hurts to make 50 yard passes down the field with Jalen Brown or evade tons of defenders. And so it's really, in my opinion, it's going to come down to the Chiefs stopping that run game. And then really what you said, which was forcing Jalen Hurts to make big throws. Yeah. Well, and can I say too, it's interesting because the Eagles may have a tough time here of staying disciplined in terms of staying with their run game. Yes. I mean, we saw in previous rounds, Cincinnati ran all over Buffalo, right? Mm-hmm. They had uh, the run game just going very well in, when they dominated the Bills. And then they kind of got away from that run game, I thought, at Arrowhead. Now, part of that was the fact that Joe Mixon was very effective. So much if you're not very effective. But you've also got on top of that, I think there is this tendency sometimes when I, when I watch the Chiefs play in these games – where a team can have a plan for ball control, and then Mahomes goes out there and does his thing and scores in six or seven plays, and it puts this weird pressure on the opponent to be like, okay, well, they scored quickly. Do we really want to have a 13-play, 80-yard drive? And I'm not saying the Bengals would have. I, I think the Chiefs, I tended to agree with whichever of you last week said, I think the Chiefs were just the better team in that game. The Bengals would have stolen the game had they come back and won. But to me, one of the big takeaways was they really got away from their run game, a run game that was working quite well. And I would attribute part of that to the effect that Kansas City has on teams. Because, JW, like you say, when you get Kelsey going, Kelsey had 14 catches against the Jags. When you get Kelsey going like that, that can really put pressure on the other offense to say, all right, if they scored quickly, we need to answer quickly. And that, not saying that that would fluster Philadelphia necessarily, but – I do think that could – I kind of wonder if that would get Nick Sirianni and his offensive staff a little bit away from the plan to, to maintain control. And that's another thing to consider, that Nick Sirianni is a second-year head coach. He's never coached in the Super Bowl before. So, you know, we've seen coaches like him in the past who are young, 
who are offensive-minded, don't have a lot of big game experience, such as Kyle Shanahan, make big mistakes in the playoffs going against big quarterbacks. And I could definitely see them you know, panicking and thinking they need to score 30, 40 points to win this game. Where really, if the Eagles are to win this game, I think it's going to be come down to their defense. And I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, low to mid-20s for both teams. Because if you get into a shootout, once that happens, Mahomes is really unstoppable. I don't know. Yeah, if I, I totally agree with you. You know, for Nick Siri, he can't get his, you know, head over his skis and just, uh, you know, kind of go with the trend of young young teams kind of trying to air it out, trying to beat Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid at their own game. Like, that's what they do best, win shootouts, win games like 50 to 40, stuff like that. If you keep it, you know, if it's like – 17 to 13 going into the fourth quarter, you have a very good chance to win by just stealing the game, and that's all you need. And I want to add to one thing that makes this such a great matchup and complicates this a little bit. Everything we just said here, I mentioned to a college friend of mine who's from the Philadelphia area, and he made the point immediately that the last time the Eagles were in this game, Tom Brady threw for 505 yards and three touchdowns, and the Eagles mm-hmm. still won, which is to say he said not – I think it's dangerous for a Philly fan to say, bring it on, Mahomes, right? Like, give us give us your best shot. But the point there was that, in that case at least, they absorbed that sort of very, very strong performance from an opposing quarterback and were still able to win that game. So, I mean, this is a really even matchup, guys. This is like I, – I think there's a reason that the line is under a field goal and that if you kind of look at the experts, a lot of people whose opinions I respect and who, who, who I sort of consider to be kind of reliable authorities in the NFL uh, – it doesn't feel like there's really a lean. I see a lot of Chiefs and a lot of Eagles predictions. Yeah, I mean, the ESPN like what football power index has it at exactly 50% chance to win for both sides. Yeah. So. Yeah, so let's move on a little bit more to the prediction phase, who we think is more likely to win this game, starting with you, J-Dub. Like, if you had to pick one of them, obviously, we all agree it's going to be close, and it could go either way, but who do you think has the edge? I mean, this is super tough, but – I've been riding with the Chiefs all playoffs, and, uh, you know, I've been riding with Mahomes even when you've doubted him, Rodrigo. So (laughs) I'm going to stick with Mahomes, and I think he'll carry me to uh, another win, get me over the top this playoffs. Yeah. So I think I'm with JW here. I Look, I think the Eagles have a more complete and better roster. Um but I, I do think Mahomes is going to be what we're used to seeing him, even despite the ankle injury. I think he's going to resemble more what we're accustomed to seeing Patrick Mahomes do in the regular season in this game. That is true. They have Kadarius Tony banged up. They have Juju Smith-Schuster banged up. McCall Harvin's out already. They've activated Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Now, you know, how much that's a plus, I guess, <laughs> is up to you. But, like, they're going to rely on running backs and tight ends. It is an interesting question to consider. Let, let, me, let me take this, though. Uh, for a second, and and actually, let me, Rodrigo, you go ahead and give your prediction. Then I want to ask you guys a okay. questions. Go ahead. So uh, I am going to go with the Eagles in this game, mostly for the reasons I mentioned that the Chiefs' offense is really banged up, not just Mahomes. You mentioned the receivers. Um, and just overall, I think the Eagles have a much more solid roster from top to bottom. You know, Jalen Hurts is playing really well. Their running game is really well. Great wide receivers. That phenomenal defense and I think it's going to come down to really fine margins. And I think there are much better players on that Eagles defense 
who can make phenomenal plays to stop Mahomes than there are on the Chiefs defense. I really don't see the Chiefs defense being able to stop the Eagles running game because really no one has been able to stop the Eagles running game. Even the 49ers who have one of have the best defense in the NFL were unable to stop the Eagles from running the football. And just if you think of the old formula of how you beat legendary quarterbacks, it's through having a really great defense and running the ball and preventing the quarterback from having a lot of time of possession. And I could really see Mahomes' drives being really limited simply because the Eagles are completely controlling the game. So I think it'll be close, but I think it'll be a lot, a lot less. There'll be a lot less scoring than people think there will be. I think this will be a low scoring game and the Eagles win a close one due to the overall, you know, just their overall roster being better and all the Chiefs injuries that we've talked about. Okay. Yeah, you got a score prediction? I think it'll be something like 24 to 21, Mm. something like that. The Eagles winning on a late field goal or maybe Mahomes being unable to drive down the field late. All right. Something around that. So he's still he's still doubting Mahomes even into the championship game. Hey, that's fair. But JW, I, I'd probably go something like, you know, 31 27 Chiefs, okay. maybe. Yeah. I think it's gonna be a little high, higher scoring, I think, Rodrigo, than you do. I got the Chiefs 38 to 30. Um, and uh the Eagles attempting to drive the ball down the field at the end and, and not being able to do so because they are relying on things that are outside of their comfort zone, namely like the passing game. Here's my questions to you though, right? So I'll, I'll, I'll offer two questions to you guys. The first would be, Rodrigo, you sort of already answered this a little bit, but like one of the things that struck me in the championship game was Mahomes is down a lot of receivers and mm-hmm. he's still moving the ball on the Bengals defense, right? Is there a point, and it sounds, again, Rodrigo, I think your answer here is yes. Is there a point where Kansas City, JW, I'll, I'll direct this to you, could be down enough skill players that you would give Philly the advantage? Or do you think Mahomes is the kind of quarterback a la Manning, right? Pay, sorry, Peyton Manning, to be clear. Where, <laughs> uh, uh, it doesn't really matter who's around him. He's going to make good on whoever he's throwing to. I mean, certainly he does make good on whoever he's throwing to. I've seen plenty of wide receivers, you know, in the past who, you know, I have never heard of, you know, probably never played a game again, have like 200 yards and two touchdowns with Patrick Mahomes thrown to him. But, uh, you know, would I give Philadelphia the edge? Yes, but probably only if Travis Kelsey was not playing mm. as well as Juju Smith-Schuster and Miko Hardman. If yeah. none of those guys are in, I just – I mean, I, I already think it's going to be close. Those guys just, you know, they, that's just losing too much. Yeah. So I think a lot of people have made Mahomes' performance in the AFC Championship game to be this like legendary performance because he was injured, because the Bengals probably had the better overall roster, because the Bengals had beaten the Chiefs three years in a row. But really, if you look at this game, the Chiefs just barely won, and they won mostly due to Bengals' mistakes. I talked about this last week where I didn't see this as much as Mahomes' legendary performance as the Bengals really blowing a huge opportunity. If you think about the fourth quarter, Joe Burrow twice got the ball with a chance to drive down the field and win the game. And he couldn't he couldn't do it. And then when Mahomes got the ball back, first of all, I don't know if you remember, but there was like a 25-yard punt return on the mm-hmm. final drive. That certainly helped the Chiefs. And then obviously there was that late 15-yard penalty from Joseph Isaiah. So if you really think about it, Mahomes didn't have to drive that far down the field in that game. 
Certainly he played well. He played better than I thought he did, than it, than I thought he would. But I don't think, you know, people make him, you talked about the comparison to Peyton Manning and, and being able to make any wide receiver work and stuff like that. And I don't really think we can say that is true for Patrick Mahomes because for most of his career, he's had Travis Kelsey. Other than this year, he's had Tyreek Hill. Andy Reid is a phenomenal play caller, one of the best coaches of all time. Sure. Mahomes is undoubtedly phenomenal. And we're going to touch on where we think he ranks all time in a second if he wins. But I don't think he's he's that type of player. I don't think he's the, the Tom Brady or Peyton Manning type of player who can make anything work. I think the best thing about Mahomes is his ceiling. And when everything's clicking... He's just completely unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, I would push back a little just because I don't think anyone's calling that a legendary performance. But I do think, I mean, the Chiefs had two touchdowns. One was called back. It was a correct holding penalty. Another, Kadarius Tony just dropped it. I think they could have been well in control of that game in the first half, had a couple other things gone their way. Yes, the Bengals had a chance to win. But I don't think the, I guess the point is not that, like, he was a legend for, you know, throwing it to these no-names. It was that despite having all these guys down, and I would add, not having Tyreek Hill this year, right? I mean, one yeah. of the best talents in the league. They were still able to win. They did barely win. I agree with you. Um, so I don't know. I think it'll be. I think it'll be interesting. I, I kind of think that yes, there is a threshold where if he, if they lose enough guys, he can't just be thrown to like practice squad guys, mm-hmm. right, or kick returners here. But uh, I do. I, I do think he can make guys like Nicole Hardman. Um, you know, certainly uh, other kind of players that could come into that role. Jarek McKinnon has been relatively uh, irrelevant, anonymous in the last few years, and the Chiefs have made him into a, a rather good player. Uh, here's my other question for you, because I looked this up in recent years. Uh, Philly had two games that really were not in doubt. There was kind of a brief moment there where Christian McCaffrey had a really impressive touchdown run, and the game is tied, and the, the Niners defense is kind of standing firm. But then at the end of the first half, the Eagles get a couple. They, they, they commit to the run again, and they do well, and that that's score a couple touchdowns, and that, that's the game. Do you guys think that it would matter? And again, we're kind of tipping our hands because we've literally already predicted the game. But, like, do you think it would matter, or how much do you think it would matter that Philly has not yet been in a close game in these playoffs? Because I sort of wonder if that could work against them. I think it matters, you know, but – you know, does it swing like a whole touchdown for them? Probably not. But does it matter? Yes. You know, can guys get more antsy when they're going into the fourth quarter and they haven't played a close game in two months? Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I, I do think that could be a factor. We talked about it last week, how the Eagles run to the Super Bowl has been one of the easiest of all time. Obviously in the playoffs, playing Daniel Jones and then the 49ers without any quarterbacks. They certainly haven't had to beat any juggernauts necessarily. They haven't had any really close games, even in the regular season. Most of their wins were blowouts and the close ones, like that one, you know, I think it was week 15 against the Cowboys without Jalen Hurts, where they couldn't win that game against the, the Commanders on Monday Night Football. That was a close game. They couldn't win it. I certainly think it's possible that they the player, the Eagles players don't really know how to respond through adversity. But at the same time, I think this is kind of the formula that works for the Eagles. If you think back to their championship year in 2017, 
the NFC Championship game was a blowout Vikings, that whole right? season. Yeah. And I think actually there are a lot of parallels between those two teams. I think Jalen Hurts is a much better quarterback than Nick Foles, mm -hmm. but those two teams started out extremely well. They had MVP candidates at quarterbacks. Then they had a few injuries, which really kind of almost derailed their season. They lost a lot of games down the stretch. They still managed to get the number one seed, and a lot of people doubted them going to the playoffs. And sure, you know, playing the Falcons and the Vikings in 2017, those weren't the two best teams at that time, but they still comfortably won those games, or at least they comfortably won the second one. And then everyone doubted them against the Patriots, saying, oh, this team is a fraud. They don't deserve to be in the Super Bowl. And yet they still managed to perform. Mm. Another thing to talk about is we, I think this whole conversation of you know not being able to respond to pressure, not being in close games, makes it seem like the Eagles are very inexperienced. When I think they may seem inexperienced because Nick Sirianni is a second-year head coach, because Jalen Hurts is only in his third year, because a lot of their offensive pieces haven't been in these positions. But we forget that they have a lot of veterans from that Super Bowl team on that team, like Lane Johnson, like Jason Kelsey, like Fletcher Cox, other pieces like uh, Graham on the defense. Mm -hmm. So I think they have experienced players, but yeah, it certainly is a factor when you have a team that's never had to go down one score, never had, never been able to come back after going down late in the fourth quarter. How how they're able to respond to that, I don't know. But you know, I don't even know if 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 they get into a scenario where they're trailing just because of how great their whole offense sure. is. Okay, last question for you guys. All right, you guys know where this Super Bowl is? It's in Arizona. Phoenix. This Super Bowl is in Phoenix, or I guess technically Glendale, Arizona. So you will probably know, and the listeners out there who consider themselves to be Super Bowl experts, Super Bowl historians <laughs> may know, we've had two Super Bowls in this building before. Yes? yes? yes. Mm -hmm. The first one was in February of 2008. The 18-0 Patriots fell to the uh, New York Giants, who were notably not 18-0, uh, and were commanded by Eli Manning there uh, with this famous uh, iconic play from David Tyree, this helmet catch, right? Ultimately, you get this fade to Plaxico Burris. I believe the final of that game, the score of that game was 17 to 14, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Seven years later, February of 2015, Rodrigo, you may want to cover one ear for this. Uh, the Seahawks <laughs> come down uh, at the end of the game. They are trailing. They get the ball down to the one or the two-yard line. Marshawn Lynch has, at that point, I believe, 100 yards or just over 100 yards rushing in that game. A very back-and-forth, wild fourth quarter, Seahawks versus Patriots. The Seahawks infamously decide to throw on second down. Malcolm Butler jumps the route. I believe that was on Ricardo Lockett and intercepts the pass. The Patriots then win. They win their their, their fourth Super Bowl with Belichick and Brady in their first in 10 years. Mm, why'd you have to remind me? It's a long run-up. Yes, <laughs> I don't think Rodrigo It's remember. a long run-up, but here's the question. Those are the only two Super Bowls that have been in this building. Those are two, I think you guys would agree, all-time iconic Super Bowl plays. Yes? Do we Absolutely, agree? Absolutely, yeah. So, will we get a third iconic play in this game? And if so, what kind of thing do you think it will be? Ooh. I'm putting you on the spot here. I think the Chiefs, late in the game, you know, normally super pass-heavy team. We know Andy Reid, not a big fan of running the football. Hands one off to Jarek McKinnon, 
and he goes, I don't know, 50, 60 yards all the way for a big touchdown to put them up late in the game. There we go. Okay. Ooh, I have a big one. What do you got? Okay, so picture this. It's the end of the second quarter. Okay. The, the game is very close. Maybe very, like, very specific. Yeah, very, yeah. I'm very early for a big-time play. Maybe too. the Chiefs are winning 10-7, to 7, okay. something like that. And you've been given the NFL script, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, knows, you know, he Arian, knows the Arian Foster. Huh? Yeah, and now that Arian Foster has leaked that the NFL uh, uses scripts, uh-huh. now it's become available to everyone. Uh-huh. So, having read the script, I can say that this will happen with absolute certainty. So, the Chiefs will be up 10 to 7. They will be driving down the field, about to score a late touchdown to go up 17 to 7 at halftime. They will bypass a chance to take a field goal. And they will go for one of their infamous trick plays, which have been often criticized as disrespectful. We saw one against the Raiders earlier this season. They will go for one of these trick plays, and the Eagles will read it perfectly. They will pick the ball off and return it all the way back to the house for a touchdown. Very similar to the James Harrison play in the Super Bowl between the Steelers and the Cardinals back in the day. And I think that will completely turn the tide of the game. So yeah, Super I think Bowl forty three. I think that was. Awesome. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, listen, I am I am bummed. I feel like my thunder has been stolen here, because I think both these teams are known for trick plays, right? Mm-hmm. Rodrigo, I made reference uh, ahead of our uh, uh, in our production meeting. I made reference yes. to the fact that the Chiefs tried a, a play in, I believe it was in week eighteen, where they did, and, and the listener will know this, and if not, you need to go to YouTube or somewhere and find it. They did what I would describe as like ring around the rosy out of the huddle and scored a touchdown. It was one of the silliest, most ridiculous looking plays I've ever seen. They scored a touchdown, but it got called back because of holding. Andy Reid loves to also like put the backup tight end under center at the one yard line, right? He, he loves all these strange plays. The Eagles also love trick plays, right? They do those weird rugby scrums where Jalen Hurts gets under center and then he puts four guys behind him and they basically try and drive a pile like they're, you know, in some kind of rugby game toward the uh, first down marker or toward the goal line. I'm not going to be quite as specific as you gentlemen are, but I do think a trick play in this game is going to go wrong. And I think it's going to go wrong in a very big spot. And I think it's going to cost one or the other teams. I don't know if it's the ring around the rosy play. I don't know if it's maybe like Philly special 2.0 that gets intercepted. But I do think you're going to see one of these coaches try to overthink it and do so to the detriment of his of his team's uh, of, uh, of his team's fortunes here. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know if you remember that Eagles Super Bowl from like five years ago against the Patriots. Obviously, everyone remembers Philly Special and that trick play, but also the Patriots did their own trick play where they passed it to Tom Brady and he just couldn't catch mm-hmm. the ball. A little and, too yeah. too much air under that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So at that point, Tom Brady was only old instead of very old. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He was. He was. He was still a. He was not even thirty nine or, or forty or, sure. or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, you know, if we see one of those, it would definitely be a a legendary moment, and hopefully we get a legendary Super Bowl because these past few Super Bowls, honestly, I mean, last year's was pretty okay, but I mean, the past few before then, a few yeah. blowouts. So hopefully we get a legendary Super Bowl, which you can remember for a very long time. I like the fact, too, and, and I, I haven't seen many people mention this, but I like the fact that for the first time since the Chiefs played the Niners, we get a game that's actually a neutral site game. 
right? Oh, that's The true. Rams played at home last year. Now, I know people say the Rams stadium isn't a true home stadium. They still played in Los mm-hmm. Angeles, right? They got to sleep in their own beds. And then the year before that, Tampa was playing a home game, right, against Mahomes there in in. Uh, I'm sure that really swung in, in the Raymond in the Raymond James Stadium. I if that think, had been played at a neutral site, I, it only would have been like 35-7. I think I think it it did make a difference. Now Mahomes didn't have the line to really be competitive, but absolutely that that was a very pro Tampa crowd. I think last year uh, was a more pro Rams crowd. So you know, in no way am I saying that. Those, the outcomes of those games were, were swayed by that. But, you know, you put the Super Bowl in a place like Miami or New Orleans or Phoenix, uh, hoping that it'll Somewhere be a true... Somewhere with no chance to yeah, get to Well, yeah, maybe Super true. Bowl. Uh, hoping that it'll be a true neutral site game. And I think it's better when it is. They need mm-hmm. to stick it you know? in Houston more often. Yeah, well, listen, if they had it in Houston, I think it would be safely a neutral site game for... <laughs> a very for long the time. Future. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, so that's about all the time we have for today. That's it for this episode of the Infinite Huddle Podcast. Dr. Emerson, thank you so much for joining us. Guys, it was an honor. I was It was everything I could have hoped for and more. Yeah, it was, it was First great. First time to have a doctor on the podcast. Yeah, we've yeah. never had that before. So it was great to see you surgically analyze all the games. Sure. Or the game that's yeah. coming up. So yeah, thank you so much for listening. That does it for this episode. Next week, we'll break down the Super Bowl. It'll be great. After the Eagles win and I'm proved correct, and you have to explain why you were wrong, JW. Yeah, sure. Uh, So that'll be great. So make sure you listen to that. Thanks for listening, and goodbye.